so let's just change the law. I mean, the law is the law. We have to have a rule of law, and we have to expect citizens to abide by that rule of law. But we also have to expect government to abide by that rule of law. It sounds like they didn't do that in this case. Yeah, I, I always thought after I heard that, you know, it's very inconvenient for me to pay my income taxes. And, and <laughs> I was thinking, you know, it'd be nice if I could just say it's inconvenient and I don't want to yeah. do it. That wouldn't be good, though. I would imagine that the IRS would be knocking on your door very soon. I imagine soon. they would. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, interesting. Um, okay. So what happened with the lawsuit? What's, what was the end result? So the local judge found against us. And so the issue was on the ballot, but, it, but the votes weren't counted. Uh, and then we appealed to the Kentucky Supreme Court and the Kentucky Supreme Court held against us, basically for the same reasons. Americans are capable of achieving extraordinary things when they have the freedom and opportunity to do so. This is American Potential, and here's your host, Jeff Crank. Well, thank you for joining us for another episode of American Potential. We're so glad to have you. If you haven't watched our videos on YouTube, I would encourage you to do that. I know many people listen to the podcast on whatever their favorite podcast platform is, and we value that and we appreciate you doing it. And it's great when you're driving in the car, you can just turn it on and listen. But if you get the chance, you should go to YouTube and watch our videos there. You can just simply go to YouTube, type in American Potential. We have our own channel. You can subscribe to that channel and you can see every single episode that we release uh, as it releases on YouTube in full video. And uh, you get, to, if you can, uh, you just have to deal with looking at me, which is, I get it. It's, it's a challenge, but then you get to watch the video of the guests as well. So that's great. But listen, thanks for joining us. Today's guest definitely embodies the phrase, you may have won the battle, but not the war. Now that may sound bad, but, uh, Winning those small battles can still make a difference and can affect change. When her local school board passed a property tax increase, she wanted to do something about it so voters could have their voice heard on whether or not they wanted uh, an increase in their property taxes. Now, to have the question put on the ballot, she needed to gather signatures for a petition. So she got to work. The state she lives in had passed a law to allow for digital signatures, which was helpful because this was all happening during 2020 when the pandemic was in full swing. After gathering paper and digital signatures, they submitted the petition to the county clerk's office and it was certified. So the question could go on the ballot. But this is when the legal issues started with the teachers union. So what happened with her case? And how did her getting involved lead to a bill being introduced in the state Senate? I want to welcome Risa Camoriano to the show to tell her story. Thanks for being with us. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you very much for having me. Yes. Now, first of all, I understand you're a beekeeper. I'm always enthralled by, <laughs> by beekeepers. What's your, what's your greatest beekeeping story? Oh, gosh. I don't know. It's it's an adventure all the time. One yeah. of the most fun things we do is we go out and catch swarms. So if there's a swarm in your neighborhood, give us a call. <laughs> You'll come get it, huh? Yeah, we come get them. 
That's great. Have you, uh, you have to have been, st- do beekeepers get stung? Well, on Saturday, I got stung <laughs> a couple of times on this okay. wrist. We were, okay. we were uh, feeding sugar bricks to the bees. Make sure they don't starve before the pollen and uh, the, the nectar come in. Uh-huh. Gotcha. Well, that seems like it might be kind of similar to like, you know, feeding steak or uh, leftovers to bears or something. Are you sure that's something you want to do? <laughs> no, we, we try to take good care of our bees. Yeah. I bet. I bet you do. I bet you do. Well, great. I'm fascinated by that. Now, let's talk about the tax increase that was passed and uh, how the school board was allowed to do this. Okay. Well, under Kentucky law, each school board can pass its own tax increase. And so that's what they did. They passed a tax increase, and it was a huge one. And to tell you, I really don't know exactly. I still don't have the right numbers to know exactly how big of an increase it was, but I know it was like around 11.5%. So it, wow. was, a, it was a big one. Um, and we felt as though the people ought to have a voice, that there should be some accountability. So we organized, we, we tried to follow all the steps in the law, and we organized a petition committee and uh, came, went to the uh, county clerk's office and got, got the ball rolling. And then we started gathering signatures. We had to gather 35,000, and we gathered a lot more than that, and we threw out about 13,000 that were duplicates or no good. So it was a lot of work and especially during COVID. But but a lot of people in the community got together. We had a lot of people, you know, contacting everyone they knew and, and trying to get the word out. And so we gathered, we gathered enough signatures, or so we thought, uh, and we brought them to the county clerk and they certified it. So, Risa, I'm, fa- I'm fascinated by this story because, one, I love the fact that you know, you got involved in this and it, it takes people like you, right, to, to get involved in things like this. Now, I live in the state of Colorado. Colorado has a, a, a law called the Taxpayer Bill of Rights. It was put into our Constitution many years ago, and I'm a strong supporter and have spent many years defending that Taxpayer Bill of Rights. But what it says is if a school board or a city or the state wants to increase taxes, they have to go to the voters and ask them for for to approve that tax increase. That's part of what Tabor does. There's other spending caps within it and things like that. But to me, it's foreign to me to live in a state where you you know a school board can just meet and go, well, we're going to just raise taxes on people and and they do it. But that happens in Kentucky, or that happened at least regularly in Kentucky, correct? Right. And the only part we can petition to vote on is the amount that's more than four percent. Yeah. So there's no way to stop them from going up as at four percent, but above four percent, right. we can petition and get it on the ballot. But but that wasn't the case before you got involved in this, right? I mean, th- before that, could a school board just go in and pass a tax increase of any size? Yes. I mean, we didn't change the law at that point. I mean, we used right. the law the way it was, and sure, and the law permitted the people to petition. Right. Uh, for anything over 4%. And so that's what we were yeah. doing. So, and this is, to me, this is the, out of all the questions I'm going to ask, this is probably the most important. Why did you decide 
to do something about this. Cause that's what we got to get to is we've got to get people to understand, like to be more like you to get engaged and just say, yeah, cause most people see this and they go like, ah, darn school board did this and they grouse about it. But what made you decide, you know what? I'm just going to fight back. Well, cause I'm probably a little crazy. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, well, you know, I for years said somebody should do something about this. Somebody should do something about this and nobody ever did. And so <laughs> a group of us got together and decided, well, we'll be the somebodies and we'll yeah. do it. And so we did. And it was, it was quite an experience. It was an adventure. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I always said somebody should do something about this. So you decided to do something because nobody else stepped up to do it. To, I I want to ask, how about at the beginning of that process, like when it first got passed and you first were looking at this, was it hard getting other people and organizing a group that would oppose this and that would go out and get these signatures? Because you, you obviously didn't gain all 38,000 signatures yourself. You had to kind of create and build a coalition of people. Was that a difficult uh, project? Well, once I got the word out, people came out of the woodwork to help me because everybody was upset about the tax sure. increase. Yeah. Um, so it was more a matter of letting people know. And once, once people knew, um, you know, they were calling and they were asking what they could do to help. And uh, people volunteered to, to hand out um, flyers and, and, you know, what else they could do, make phone calls. So we got quite a big group pretty fast. Right. Right. Now you were able to gather 38,000 signatures. Um, yes. First of all, did you, when you started thinking about, did that seem insurmountable to you? Like, man, that's a lot of signatures. I don't know how I, Risa, am going to get this done. Did that occur to you? Like, this is <laughs> well, a big challenge? You know, I had never done it before, so I had no idea how hard it would be. Um, then I thought, well, you know, we give it a try. What, what do you have to lose? Try. Yeah. yeah. Just, just give it a try. And then the, the more you get into it, the, the more you want to hit that number. You know, we posted, sure. we, we set up a web page and we posted a, a graph of the number of signatures we had gotten. And so people were cheering us on, you know, every day. And uh, yeah. we really were, really were working hard to make it. We had a very short period of time to get those signatures. And so we really worked hard. Yeah. And I, I imagine looking back on it, if you would have known at the beginning what it would have actually taken to do it, you, you maybe, you, maybe it was good that you, you were a little bit naive to what the process would be, right? <laughs> I would say, back. yes, that's very true. <laughs> it's, it's sometimes it's good not to know everything. Um, there, <laughs> there were a lot of challenges that we had not anticipated, but you know, um, people, People came to our rescue. You know, once you get the ball rolling and they can see that you're authentic and you're really trying to do the right thing, um, a lot of people step up. Yeah, man, that, that's such a, I just uh, love this story. You were able to gather 38,000 signatures. Talk about how you were able to gather those. What, what did you do with those signatures? And, and is that the total number you needed valid? So you must have had to do way over the 38,000, right? Uh, no, well, we needed 35,000. Oh, 35. Okay. And, and we got, I don't remember the exact number, but we got about 38 that we had checked. You know, we checked mm -hmm. every signature. Sure. Um, and, and 
tried to make sure that everyone we got was valid. Um, so now I'm losing track. Uh, yeah. How did, how did we get so many? Was that did, your question? How, that's right. Yeah. How did you go about getting them? Well, um, one thing that I used a lot was uh, Facebook uh, ads. And mm-hmm. I just paid for a bunch of Facebook ads and tried to direct them to the people in our county and particularly to older people because older people own their homes and they were paying those taxes out of their pocket rather than uh-huh. out of an escrow account. And they really, so they really knew what they were paying and a lot of them were on fixed incomes and it was really hurting them. So I tried to direct to the people who were most uh, likely to be responsive and and that worked pretty well. Um, we went to uh, where people were voting. Remember in COVID, everything changed. Instead of going just to your precinct, there was a large voting area where everybody from the city went. Uh, mm-hmm. This was for the primary. And so we, we set up a, a booth outside after people voted and gathered um, handwritten signatures there. And we got quite a few at that. Um, and we just, we just kept after it. We just kept yeah. going until we got the number. That's and an, and that's we, a- en- we enlisted groups all over the county, you know, different groups mm-hmm. that had been politically active right. pitched in. So it started with, with you, uh, but, but I guess that core grew, right? Did you have a core group of people who just really became involved and committed? And if you did, how big was that group? Well, in order to do this, by law, you have to have a committee of five okay. people. Okay. So we started with our committee of five people. Yeah. And then we just got out there and beat the bushes and how did grew, you, let me grew even, and grew. Risa, let me even back up. How did you know you had to have a committee of five people? You just did the research and said, if we want to oppose this issue and pull a petition. I mean, you just started looking that stuff up. Right. I read the law. <laughs> Excuse mm-hmm. me. I started That's- reading the laws and uh, tried to follow everything we were required to do. And one of the requirements was a, a five person person petition committee. Yeah. I just, and you'd never done anything like this ever before. No, I'd never done a petition before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so great. So you submitted all these petitions, uh, signatures. Yes. And then what happened? Well, then they went to the county clerk's office, and then the county clerk had to take some time to review all of them. It takes a long time to look at, you know, 38,000 signatures and check them against the voter rolls, make sure that they were all people that were registered to vote in the county. And um, so the county clerk did, they did their work, and then they certified our petition. And so that put it on the ballot. Okay. Now, uh, why did the, the, the court system say your petition though was not valid. Let's talk about that. Well, once it got certified, mm-hmm. then the, um, the school board and the teachers union came after them. <laughs> they, okay. they sued, they sued, um, to have that overturned. Um, Cause they wanted more of your money. Risa. Right. Yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's why beekeeping came up. I think, uh, the, the, um, the school board and the, and the teachers union kind of acted a lot like bees that, you know, you're robbing their honey. But the thing is, it's not their honey. It's our money. And, uh, <laughs> they shouldn't be, 
treating it as if it, as if they own it, they ought to be accountable to us. So, um, anywhere, anyway, that's, that's where we were. Do you believe, so the school board and I don't, I don't know what your thoughts are on this. So, but I'll ask the question. So the school board actually, you know, passed the tax increase. They voted for the tax increase. And then after you submitted the petitions, do you believe that the school board members were talking with the union and had the union kind of go do the dirty work for them of challenging the signatures or do you, or no, do you have any oh, yes. thoughts I mean, on that? The union, basically the union was in charge of the whole thing. The union funded it. The union ran the lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And was the uh, and- school board, how about the school board itself? Was it kind of the, a pro union school board? <laughs> Our school board is handpicked by the union. Oh, the, okay. The union uh, puts 150,000 or more into each school board race to make sure that they get their handpicked people elected. Wow. Yeah. So, so every person on the school board, you know, is basically accountable to the union, not to the taxpayers, yeah. not to the voters, but to the union. Yeah. Wow. It sounds like, a, it, it again, this is why a law like we have in Colorado where there's a taxpayer bill of rights is so important because it, it prohibits that kind of collusion between a union and a school board to increase taxes because the voters have to have a say in a state like Colorado. Um, and that's, that's why, you know, I'm, I'm such a big supporter of that law. Um, th- this so, is amazing. So, oh, go ahead. Well, you, I think you asked why did they why did they overturn it? Why did the court yeah. overturn it? Right. Um, well, for a few reasons. Um, one, a big reason was they said we didn't do the digital signatures properly, mm-hmm. um, and this had never been done before because the law had just recently been changed to allow digital signatures. So there was really no clear set of instructions on how to do a digital petition. Mm-hmm. And they said we didn't have enough security in place to make sure that the people who were signing it were really who they said they were and that sort of thing. So that was a big part of why they overturned it. Um, they also said that um, in in some cases, I tried to do everything right, but I had never done this before. So in order to try to make it easier for the county clerk's office, like on the on the handwritten signatures, I wrote in pencil above the signature. If a person's handwriting was bad, I would print above it what it said so that mm-hmm. it would make it easier for the county clerk. And they said that I was committing fraud uh, by doing that. And um, so they, they tried to throw out a lot of the signatures because of that. Um, so for those two reasons... And then what was kind of funny was once we got into it, we found out that the entire tax increase had been done illegally. The school board had not followed the law when they passed the tax increase. (laughs) One of the requirements is that you have to wait for the property tax rolls to be certified so that you can give proper notice of what the amount of the tax increase is. Well, they didn't do that. I don't know if it was because of COVID or whatever that the the certification was running late, but they just they just blew it off and and passed the tax increase anyway and gave gave improper notice, illegal notice, didn't do anything according to the law. And um, you know, we brought that up. Lawyers uh, helped us pro bono in the lawsuit, uh, 
and they mm-hmm. raised those issues. And um, the court just said, well, you know, it would have been inconvenient for them to follow the law and surely the legislature wouldn't have wanted to make it inconvenient. And so it was all okay. Yeah. Well, we've heard that before about COVID, right? It would just be inconvenient for them to follow the law. So let's just change the law. I mean, the law is the law. We have to have a rule of law and we have to expect citizens to abide by that rule of law. But we also have to expect government to abide by that rule of law. It sounds like they didn't do that in this case. Yeah. I I always thought after I heard that, you know, it's very inconvenient for me to pay my income taxes. And and (laughs) I was thinking, you know, it'd be nice if I could just say it's inconvenient and I don't want to do it. That wouldn't be good, though. I would imagine that the IRS (laughs) would be knocking on your door very soon. I imagine they would. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, interesting. Um, Okay. So what happened with the lawsuit? What was the end result? So the local judge found against us. And so the issue was on the ballot, but it, but the votes weren't counted. Uh, and then we appealed to the Kentucky Supreme Court and the Kentucky Supreme Court held against us basically for the same reasons. Um, they fortunately they gave sort of some suggestions as to how to do a digital petition in the future. So that helps guide people going forward. Um, and, but. But they also basically said it was okay for they, – they agreed that the school board had violated the law, but they said that was okay. And so they, they let them get away with it. Yeah. That's and amazing. So, yeah. So as a result of all of that, we already have made some changes in the law. Our legislature has made some changes based on having seen our suffering and <laughs> what we went through. Right. So they changed the number of signatures down to 5,000. Um, so from 38,000 down to 5,000. Yes, which is much wow. more feasible. Mm-hmm. Um, also, when people sign the petition, they had to put down their entire birth date. And a lot of people don't want to do that. They're, mm-hmm. they're afraid of, um, you know, identity theft and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. So right. they changed it to the birth month, which should make it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um and and just now now we have a bill in front of the legislature to make it clear to all the courts that the legislature really did mean what it said um that that you can't just blow off the law because it's inconvenient so they're they're going to be i hope passing a law this term uh to say that yeah which you would think wouldn't necessarily be necessary you would think if a legislature and a governor signs a bill into law that says this is the law that that just should be the law. That, yeah. <laughs> but now you have to say we we, to, we really and we really mean it. <laughs> we really, really, really mean it. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so so when I talked about in the introduction, you know, you you maybe lost the battle, but you didn't lose the war. Uh, th- th- that's this really this whole change came about because you decided to get involved in this uh, the, the, all of these other folks came alongside you and really pushed this effort forward. And it, it showed us a flaw in the system. Uh, and it seems like, and then, so uh, with the legislature, did you help push the legislature to change the law? Yes. Yes. Well, one legislator who watched us go through all this actually came up with the suggestions. And then I worked with him, uh-huh. um, to get that through. And, um, 
in 2023, the school board was ready to do another big hike. Uh, and I started posting on Facebook, I guess it's time to do another petition. And they immediately backed off. (laughs) They immediately backed off. They said, we're not going to go above the 4% this year. Oh, so, so we didn't lose altogether. Yeah, you didn't. So we, we talked about that a little bit. So the legislature introduced a bill, lowers the signature threshold to 5,000, but then it also requires that if a tax hike is above a 4% increase, it has to go to the voters. Is that right? Oh, now that's a new one that's in front of the legislature this year. Okay, gotcha. That's a new one. And, um, you know, wouldn't that be wonderful? I mean, that's how it ought to be. That's really how it ought to be that if you go above 4%, you go to the voters every time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will tell you, I will tell you watching, I will tell you what, watching what's happened in Colorado Mm-hmm. that they will try and sneak around that. They will do a 3.9% tax hike. Oh, sure. Then next year, they'll come back and do another 39 tax hike, mm-hmm. and they'll get it eventually. But it is definitely progress if you, can get, if you can get that provision in law. That's gigantic progress. It would be fantastic if we could get that. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about that bill. You're, are you working, obviously you're working on with the legislature to try and get that through the legislature and well, signed by the governor. I had not gotten involved in that one. Nobody contacted me. That just kind of, I just kind of found out about it. So I had not been involved in it. Um, this session, I've been involved a lot in school choice. Uh, we need a constitutional amendment for school choice. So that's where my focus had been this year. But uh-huh. um, I definitely am supportive of that that uh, proposal and uh, would love to see it, love to see it come to pass. Well, it would seem to me that if they want it to pass, they better get Risa involved. That's uh, (laughs) kind of what I'm thinking. (laughs) I wish, I wish I were that powerful. Well, I don't know. It sounds like, sounds like their school board may think you are that powerful. (laughs) That's a good thing. They pull Um, out, they pull out the big guns against us. That's for sure. They, the lawyers that handled our case pro bono said that they probably spent, Gosh, I don't know, a million dollars on the lawsuit. Wow. And was that the teachers union money or was that taxpayer money to fight? Teachers, you? teachers union money. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's incredible. Um, well, that that's amazing. And I'm glad to hear that you're working on school choice uh, that, you know, we talk about that a lot on this on this show and how important that is. And, and that also helps break up some of the monopoly of these school school districts Absolutely. and the collusion you see between unions and school boards in a lot of cases to, right. to increase taxes. So that, that is great that you're doing that. I hope you're making progress there too. We're, we're working on trying to get the right language. Got to get the right yeah. language and then everybody get behind it. Yep. Great. Yeah. Well, this is, I got to tell you, out of all the episodes I've done, this has to be in my top 10. Because oh. <laughs> I love the fact, I, and I, I mean, we've done 150 episodes or so, but I love the fact that, you know, it's just a story of an ordinary citizen who said, nah, I just, that just doesn't seem right. I'm not going to take that. And you fight back. And I think of all the decades of, of tax increases that happened before it, that nobody like you stood up and said, no, I'm not going to do this. And if somebody had... Mm-hmm how much more impact that would have had years, years before. Better late than never. (laughs) Oh yeah. This is great. What advice would you give to someone if they're thinking about getting involved in an issue like this? 
get as many resources as you can together, get as many people as you can, as much money as you can, um, and then just give it your best shot. You know, what do you have to lose? Yeah, right. And to the point, and I think it was one of the first questions I asked you, uh, looking back on it, you know, it's good. You said it was good that you didn't know everything you now know about the process. Sometimes you just have to say, I'm going to, I'm going to jump. I'm going to do this. Yes. And I'm going to take the risk and get involved. But, you know, you can, you can really make change if you aren't afraid of failing, uh, or if you aren't afraid of, you know, um, you know, just getting out there, rolling up your sleeves and getting it done. Absolutely. And, you know, that's kind of what we said at the beginning. If we, if we don't, if we don't succeed, we're no worse off than we were when we started. You know, we, we got to give it a shot. Right. Has the uh, school board, your school board in your area, have they done more tax increases? I know you said that they were going to, and then kind of backed off. Have they, have they, are they still trying? Oh, they, yes. Um, They get, they're going up to the 4% every Mm -hmm. time. Uh, but they're not going over it. They they yeah. sh- they intended to. They said they would, but when we started making a little noise, they backed right off. So yeah, you know we're having an impact just by being you, here. You definitely are, and like I said, you'll have to watch them because I'm guaranteeing you the politicians in Kentucky are no different than the politicians in Colorado, and they will find ways around it. I will tell you in Colorado with that Taxpayer Bill of Rights, uh, it applies to taxes. But it doesn't apply to fees. So guess what politicians did, Risa? They just started calling every tax increase a fee increase. How about that? How about that? <laughs> They're rascals sometimes. So I'm glad that we have people like you, Risa, to hold them accountable. What a great story. Anything else you'd like to add? Well, AFP helped us. Um, great. In our in our fight. Um, they did a lot of text messages, reaching people to try to get them to sign. Um, so we appreciate that. And I had taken AFP training um, some years back, which helped me as well. So okay. thank you all for all of that. Well, and that's, that's a great point. Let me ask you that. I mean, because you took that, did that give you some confidence to, to, to maybe move forward in this or feel like you you already had the tools or you were equipped with the tools to, to help take this on? I think it helped. I think every, every bit of experience you get, you know, where you, the more you learn, the better you can do things. Yeah. Yeah. And did you call once you saw this issue, did you reach out then to Americans for prosperity and say, Hey, you know, we've got this issue. Can you help us? Is that how that relationship happened? Well, we we're in communication all the time. You know, we're mm-hmm. still involved all the time with AFP. So great. Yeah. Great. So you're an AFP activist. I love it. I love it. <laughs> That's a great one. Well, it's just such a great story, Reese. And I, I thank you so much for, for telling the story, but just uh, for being involved and for making a difference. So thank you so much for, for all you've done on this issue. Well, thank you very much for highlighting it. We're, we you keep trying. It. We keep trying. You, you got it. And you just keep watching them because, you know, yeah. That's what we're going to try it again. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right, Risa, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. You bet. Now, listen, this is such a great story. It highlights what a difference one person can make if they choose to get involved. And Risa is a great example 
She was out of all the people in her school district. Any one of them could have stood up and said, nope, not going to take this anymore. I'm going to stand and fight and do something different. But nobody did. It was Risa who did. And then, of course, there were many other people who saw that and said, yep, I'm with you. And an army was built and they made a big difference. What a great story um, that, that happens all over America. We need to tell these stories. That's what this podcast is about. If you have a story like that, send us an email, jeff at AmericanPotential.com. I would love to hear from you. Tell us your story. We'd love to highlight it. It's probably as compelling as Risa's is. And again, go out there and make a difference. This is how you make a difference in your community and you fight back against the excesses of, of government uh, coming and trying to take more of your hard-earned money. Uh, at a time when you need it in your pocket, not in theirs. Liberty and freedom, they're easily taken away. Don't let people take away your liberty and freedom. Go out there, defend freedom, defend liberty. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to American Potential. You may listen to more stories from Americans working every day to expand freedom and opportunity in their communities by visiting AmericanPotential.com.